0: Hi, I'm your host Juliette Root, welcome to the WooCast. I've been in the health and wellness industry for the last 15 years as a personal trainer, board certified nutritionist, and integrative healing coach. My passion is to motivate and support people in having a healthy and thriving, joyful life. This podcast will educate, inspire, and empower you as we dive deep into everything from spirituality to mysticism, alternative medicine, and human optimization. Most importantly, my hope is that this show feels like a nice warm hug of connection and support from others who are also interested in living a life that isn't just about surviving and getting by, but a life that is truly thriving. Please enjoy this episode and I would be so grateful if you could support the podcast by subscribing, rating, and reviewing. If you use Apple Podcasts, this is the best place to do this so the show can rank and be seen. And the more people that can have access to this show, the healthier the world becomes. It is truly a ripple effect. So please spread the love and enjoy. Welcome to the WooCast episode 61 with Dr. Shannon Curtis. I'm your host, Juliette Root, and I'm so excited to have Shannon on the show. She is a naturopathic doctor and holistic women's health practitioner who runs the whole system's healthcare Boulder Clinic, and she runs her online skin health consulting business, Wild Roots Alchemy. As a holistic practitioner, she views symptoms as the body's way of communicating when it is out of balance. She uses therapies like herbal medicine, homeopathy, and nutrition to encourage the body to return to a state of balance. In today's episode, we are going to cover a lot of ground in how and why naturopathic medicine is so important. We're also going to talk about very hot topic, the immune system, and how we can best support that. And what is your skin trying to tell you about your health? Very excited also to have Shannon in the room with me as I am hey. doing more in-person <laughs> episodes now with all my bolder peeps that I am accumulating in, in
1: my circle. So really, really excited that you're here with me. I'm so excited. This is the first time that I've done a podcast in person in the same room with someone. So I'm just so excited to see your lovely, beautiful face Aww. and be able to chat with you today I about know, and all you have, have your that tea, we love. You're all ready to go. I know, my dragonfly mug. You've pulled on my mugs by now. So. I
0: love it. <laughs> well, I have been interested in alter- alternative medicine and alternative healthcare since very young, I would say 1920. And mostly because I went to school to become an integrative nutritionist, and we really learned a lot about how food can be used as medicine. And that took me on a whole path of just learning about all different types of ways that you can heal the body or support the body in healing itself. And so this is one of my favorite topics to talk about. And I'm like a geek out that I have a, a close friend that is a naturopathic doctor. And I promise I will not abuse you <laughs> and be like, help, what do I do with this? this, this, this? But um, when I had COVID, you helped me so much just get through the symptoms of it and alleviate a lot of them and you were just the oh, best so thank, thank, you. thank you for oh, helping you're so me with
1: welcome. that I'm, that's what we're here for right community that's a big part of health is supporting our community so i was glad to be able to do that for you yeah so tell me first i want to kind of clear the air because i think that
0: still to this day when i talk to people about the types of physicians that i see and alternative health care providers that they're not very familiar with the scope of practice and like, what does that person do? An integrative doctor, a functional medicine doctor, a naturopathic doctor. And this is becoming more and more prevalent. People are seeking out this type of care because it deals with the whole person, the whole system. It's not just treating a symptom. So let's clear the air on like, what is... A naturopathic doctor. What is your what's the scope?
1: Mm-hmm. So I think people are really searching more for this holistic approach to medicine because they want more answers, right? I don't know if you know you were anything like me. It sounds like you got involved and aware of holistic medicine pretty early in your life. But I mean, I grew up on fast food. I didn't know about nutrition. Like I I took Pharmaceutical drugs all the time for headaches and ailments and you name it, um, and it wasn't until I had my own, you know, health epiphany and realization of like, oh, there's alternatives that I really started exploring, and when I find that other people are interested in alternative, quote unquote, right, because it's truly an old traditional form of medicine that, you know, we get turned onto this because something hasn't really felt quite right about the conventional approach. It has its purpose. Of course, it has its, you know, important role in our healthcare. Um, but there are many different forms of holistic medicine. And I think everyone kind of groups it up under the same umbrella. Like I'm often like people come up to me and they're like, you're that homeopathic practitioner. I'm like, yeah, I do homeopathy, but I do a lot more than that too. And so it, naturopathic medicine, depending on where you went to school. So I went to a, an accredited four-year, Uh, naturopathic medical school. And so we learned the conventional approach to biomedicine and learning how to read the body and diagnose and treat disease from a conventional approach, as well as from a naturopathic approach. And I ended up doing a 2 year residency afterwards too. And, you know, with that education, I can practice as a primary care physician in a number of different uh, states like Oregon, Washington, California, a couple others. Um, Other states have different laws like Colorado, where we're located. We're, you know, more of a health coach with a license almost and uh, don't have the same scope. But, But with that being said, naturopathic medicine takes into account the whole body, right? That is like what holistic medicine is. We look at the whole person and yes, we can use a reductionist lens and, um, you know, approach their symptoms from uh, let's like work this up and come up with an approach and we can offer pharmaceuticals as needed. But then we also have our natural health tools, which is just a huge toolbox, you know, nutrition, talking about lifestyle, using herbs and supplements and homeopathy as needed, uh, even hands-on modalities like body work or, or manipulation. So our toolbox is, very, uh, pick. and I know you mentioned for, uh, functional medicine, right? Yeah, that's another term that I that you hear a lot about too. And that's, you know, it's taking the conventional approach to diagnostics and just widening the lens so we can have more of a holistic approach. I don't really practice functional medicine in my practice, but it's a really nice stepping stone to go from the conventional worldview, which we're also used to, and then moving into a more holistic lens. Yeah. Why do you think that people
0: are being drawn to this now more than ever? I mean, I have my own opinion, but, you know, it seems like there is definitely a shift in people looking for these types of practitioners more than just going to a regular primary care physician, like what's happening that people are like, I got, I got to like seek out something different.
1: Yeah. I'd love to hear your thoughts because I think we're going to be pretty aligned with what we think is going on, but there's a number of different reasons, right? I think people are Getting frustrated that they go to the doctor, they get their labs done, and you know everything comes back "quote unquote" normal, right? They're like, "Why do I have these symptoms? I feel tired all the time. You know, like I I don't have the energy that I used to. My bowel habits aren't you know healthy. I have period problems, but you know I go to the doctor, and they're like, "Well, you you look normal. Everything seems normal. I can offer you this pill." And uh, you mean an antidepressant? Like, yeah, usually, right? That's <laughs> yeah. often what it is because they're like, "Well, nothing's wrong. Let's make you at least." Happier, and so and, and and then just having that as an option. There's very limited options, right? And we would call those more higher, uh, more invasive options, like taking a pharmaceutical that we know has you know the potential for pretty strong adverse effects. And people are like, no, I want to figure out what's going on. I want to figure out the the root cause, right? And really come to an understanding of why is my body doing this to me, and how can I heal it without having to rely on something external and and rely on myself. Yeah. A couple of things. I agree with you 100% on all of that. And we
0: look at just the systems that are in place and the support that let's say a primary care physician is getting in, in order to see patients and they're not getting much support in their time and their energy. They're seeing so many people all throughout the day that there isn't the opportunity to actually have a sit down and go into listening to somebody's story, right, which plays such a big role in our health, which I do, I want to get into the mental, emotional part of health is so overlooked. And I guess we could say maybe not so much if they're saying here's an antidepressant, right? Because if we can't find anything that is, you know, wrong with your body that, you know, would show in a lab or would show on an MRI scan, then we can just say, well, it's your brain and you're, and these are, you know, maybe psychosomatic or there's something going on emotionally, so take this, we don't need to address the root of it or never ask about it, but because there's not enough time to ask about it. And uh yeah, we've kind of just like fucked ourselves. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I we totally like,
1: agree with
0: how our systems are and uh that's that's like the I think the the primary issue, you know. And then if you want to get better healthcare, there's a lot more cost involved with that, and so and I don't want to overlook that because, you know, I know how privileged I am and that I am paying out of pocket to get all of these extra labs done and to really go and take deep dives into my health. But that doesn't come without a cost. It's not something that's offered to people. Like, let's look deeper. Let's not just test these basic, this basic panel of labs, but let's actually go in and see even like on what's your nutrients like, all of that. And there's just, there's so much to it. And as I've gotten more and more involved, it's like, holy crap, it's gonna be overwhelming. (laughs) There's so much to really looking at your health. In fact, I think that sometimes there can be too much of looking into your health, which I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that when you start to geek out on this stuff, because then you can look for problems where there aren't any. And the, the mind is so powerful and what it's how it's going to like support you or not support you.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you said so many important things there, you know, the first thing that really caught my attention that you said was, you know, just having the the time and space to listen to someone's story. Like I will brew a cup of tea and sit there with somebody and just let them speak for however long they need to speak in order to fully understand part of the healing is just being heard. But you're right, that mind-body connection is so important. And we could just kind of like dig, 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 dig into the physical, right? Do these labs, do these things. I have so many people that come into my office that are like, can I get my hormone panel? Can I get my gut labs? Can you take a look at this? Do I have parasites? Do I this? And I'm like, whoa, let's take a look at what your body is telling us. Because I think too much we outsource our power to... Um, reductionist observable data, right? We're so caught into technology and science and we outsource the innate healing power of our bodies to be like, what does this lab tell me? And there's information in that lab that can be really helpful and guide you, but that's all it is. It's just a guide. And if we keep digging and digging and digging and keep going down that reductionist path, we've missed the holism. We've missed the big picture. We've missed what the body is, into, is, is really telling you because the body with everything it's doing um, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically is giving you this pattern of symptoms to say, hey, this is how you come back into alignment because it can't like tap you on the shoulder and say, honey, this is what you need to do. Our bodies don't have words, although some people can intuit that. Um, But everything we're experiencing, whether that's on the physical plane or the mind is all part of this, you know, constellation, this this pattern of symptoms that is your body giving you this, this message of like, okay, this is part of the healing. This is how you come back home to yourself. This is how you reconnect and align with nature. Yeah. And you yourself had if an experience with this at a pretty young
0: age when you were a teenager with having your own like health issues and then going into a different avenue of realizing well, I won't give it away, but I would love to for the listeners to hear that story um and what really kind of like pushed you into I want to help other people with this.
1: Definitely. So as I said, I did not grow up in a crunchy granola family. You know, I was very much like your average middle-class family with like normal healthcare, quote unquote, you know, and, um, you know, I was very, uh, same privileged growing up. I had access to healthcare and resources, but I was, I received all of the conventional treatments whenever I got sick. And so when I was in high school, I had, you know, I didn't get my period till late. I was a dancer. So of course it was tumultuous when I first got it. I had heavy bleeding, you know, for five weeks and they were like, okay, let's stop this. Let's put you on the birth control pill and it was magic. Like I, my periods all of a sudden became regular and I'm using air quotes again. (laughs) And um, you know, but a few months in, All of a sudden, I developed the most extreme panic attacks, anxiety and depression. I was only 17. I had no idea what was going on. I didn't equate it to the pill at the time, although now I know that's very, very, very common, especially for teenagers to develop mood swings and anxiety and panic attack on the pill. Um, But I went on like so many different antidepressants, even antipsychotics over the few years after that. And... As I started to grow and evolve, I became interested in herbalism. That was the first thing that kind of opened my doors to the natural health world. And I was like, these plants, like there's medicine and drinking tea and working with plants. And then I got to thinking like, well, goodness, like I am taking 12 different pills a day 12 well 12 total pills a day and I was like I need to figure out a way to get off of these and um, I started to recognize that like oh I probably am on these because of the pill and so I worked with a naturopathic doctor and I got off of all the medication medications I was happier and healthier than I've ever been and that Feel good feeling lasted for a solid three months before I woke up in literally overnight um, acne, cystic acne, which is, again, another really common thing after you stop the birth control pill to just have all these symptoms. And one of those that's really common is acne. And, um, you know, that was that was my journey into kind of catalyzing like, oh, I really want to heal from the inside out. I've lived this lifetime of just, you know, using the, the tools that were in our system, but not realizing that that wasn't truly deeply healing for me. How did you have the epiphany that it was the birth control
0: pill? Did you, were you like doing some research or did you go to see that naturopath prior or did you have that epiphany on your own? of like, this is what I think is the cause of all of these symptoms. It kind
1: of came to me. It kind of came to me. And throughout the time I was like, you know, of course, like getting into herbalism. And I had friends that were like, oh, watch this documentary on health and watch this. You know, people kind of point you in the right direction. And then it all kind of clicked. I was like, it was soon afterwards. And my I've never been the same since. And I did a little, you know, Googling and found that I wasn't alone. That was super common. And no one ever talks to you about that. You know, that's the one thing, one, not one, I've, I've many gripes, but one of my biggest gripes with the conventional approach to medicine is there's often not full informed consent when it comes to going on something, especially when you don't know like how long you're going to be on it, or you're just a teenager and they're like, here's this pill, but there's not a conversation around, you know, what could happen and what might happen to your body when you try to go off of it, or you want to get pregnant or, you know, any of those things. And That is something that you know has always been my goal with my patients to really give them a full and informed consent, whether they choose to go a you know natural route or a pharmaceutical route.
0: Yes, and I appreciate that so much because I'm someone who will like really do deep dive into what is this, what is it made of, where does it come from, what could what could it be causing in my body, and um, and I don't, I guess. For me personally, I think it's based off of traumatic experiences I had with family members who were on so many pharmaceuticals for their mental health. And I just I saw so many side effects that sometimes were even worse than the symptoms that that they had themselves. So that always kind of that made me a questioner with a lot of pharmaceutical medication. So I've always been really curious around like well, what's the cost benefit of this? Is there any other way? You know, is this the only way? And um, I, I feel blessed that I have that kind of like questioning, you know, like Gretchen Rubin, I'm the que- <laughs> you know, talks about like the questioner. I think I'm pretty much, I'm the questioner hence why I have this podcast and I ask all of my amazing guests questions. Um, but I wish it didn't come out of the trauma of seeing how those drugs impacted my family and, how even now my mom can't get off of some of those drugs because the withdrawal is is d- too deadly for her. So she's stuck on these medications because it's it would be too hard, just like an, like opiates. It would be too too hard for her to come off of it and that she would really risk having like a seizure, like a, a grandma seizure or something happening to her if she lives alone. So she sort of feels like a prisoner in her own body with these medications that she's on.
1: And it's so true. They don't tell you that how hard it can be. Those medications can be so hard to get off. I've had patients that have tried time and time again to get off those medications and it's just easier to stay on them even though they know that their emotional window is very small. They'd much rather feel now and they know how to work on their health holistically but it's just so hard to get off of those. I, I had to work for like six months to get off of, you know, seven years of those medications and it's hard. It's not easy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's, I don't want to go into big pharma because that's a topic that Dr. Shannon and I could have offline Mm -hmm. (laughs) and there's a lot of this going on right now all over. And I really want to keep this podcast about being proactive with your health and understanding what we want to look for within our bodies. So let's talk about the immune system since it's Mm -hmm. such a hot topic right now. And, uh, So what is your take on the immune system? (laughs) It's a really big, broad question. Well, your
1: immune system is your interface between your inner and outer environment, right? It's basically how your body determines what is, quote unquote, safe and not safe and what is and is not the body. And it's basically kind of keeping you as your, your physical body constantly engaging with the outer world and how to come back into homeostasis. So really, the immune system is just like a, a way for your body to stay in balance, to put it very simply. Um, so the immune system, I'll like get a little dorky with a big word here, but I promise I'll break it down. Your immune system is part of a bigger interconnected web of systems in your body that basically control every single function, Every single cellular action in your body, and it's called your psycho immune system. And what that means is psycho is your mind and emotions, your psychology, your neuro, which is your nervous system, endo, which is your endocrine system, and then, of course, your immune system. They all communicate to one another, and it's actually like a top down approach. So your immune system and your hormones are actually very um, interdependent on the state and the health of your mind and your nervous system. So that's a big takeaway that I'm constantly you know, talking to people about because they're like, well, how can I support my immune system? Well, you need to support that whole system because it's a complex interconnected system that is very much rooted in the health of your nervous system. And so the big key takeaway with that is any sort of limiting or negative, I say negative, but they're, they're really just kind of guiding us to health, any sort of limiting um, mind or emotions or thoughts or emotions, or even stuck traumas or patterns that we have that keep us in this kind of stress response. Stress is really going to put a number on your immune system. And that can be any sort of stress. It can be mental, emotional stress. It could be physical stress. And by physical stress, I mean like you know, environmental toxins, a poor diet, you know, not sleeping well, all these things. But those are going to be the most important things before you go into like, how can I support my immune system with specific herbs or supplements or anything? Um, but something that I really like to talk about, too, with in regards to the immune system is how there's a key emotion that... Um, regulates and can inhibit the function of our immune system. And that emotion is fear. And fear, if you think about fear, like what what happens in your body when that happens? It's kind of like you you constrict and you back away and maybe you get a rush of to chill up your spine, right? It's a very cold emotion. Well your immune system runs on the um feeling of warmth, which is the opposite um, energetic than cold, it's very expansive. Blood needs to circulate and move. Like your body needs to stay in this in this warmth body in order to function well. Then, when you have these constricting emotions like fear, that really depresses your immune function. And what have people? What's been like the most rampant emotion the past two years? It's been fear, and that is you know something that I think people don't recognize is how much fear stresses out their body and contributes to a depressed immune function, which then makes it so it's easier to get sick, which, um, you know, really kind of sums up the last two
0: years. Yeah. I think something that I have been realizing from talking to people is, yes, there's a lot of fear. And also there seems to be this almost distrust with their own body and immune system. And that's really what is causing this fear in that, you know, if I were to get you know, this virus that I would not be able to fight it and something really horrible would happen to me or, you know, my child. And it's been an interesting thing to watch that. And I'm I'm not an expert in this by any means, but um, I think that people have been led to believe that their immune system isn't isn't strong. And I know that there are people who have suppressed immune systems, autoimmune disease, they have things they really do need to be careful about. But if we're just talking about someone who hasn't had any of those issues to deal with, and they've had other flus and viruses in the past, and they've gone through them just fine, this is a really, in particular, interesting time to be in to see how people aren't trusting their own bodies and they have so much fear, which then is suppressing their immune system. So mm-hmm. it's like this catch 22.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I love what you said about trusting your body. Cause that's huge. You know, trust is a, a belief, right? If we trust in our bodies, we believe in our bodies and the belief in our bodies then perpetuates these thoughts, these affirming thoughts of like, I know I can do this. I know I can be healthy. Anything I get, I can face and I can heal from. And that is so important for our health and I think, and I don't think I've, I've witnessed that the vast majority of people that I've come into contact with have this innate distrust of their bodies, but it's like, how can you distrust something that you couldn't even like recreate? Like our bodies, like there's no way we could build our bodies in a lab and, 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 you know, we're trying, but we really can't. They're so magnificent. And the intelligence in every single one of our cells is like more than we can fathom. And we do not really even truly know what, certainty how our immune system functions, but it does. And it functions wondrously most of the time and to have faith and to have trust in the fact that our bodies know how to heal. They're healing every moment of every day with everything they interface and they know exactly, exactly what to do. Yeah. And is it true that we
0: are fighting off viruses like and have viruses in our system all the time?
1: All the time. Our genome is like, I think, 10, 12 percent viral genome. So we, we viruses are essentially, you know, kind of like this genetic download for us to help us evolve. And I mean, that's a whole separate conversation we can go down. But um, Zach Bush, Dr. Zach Bush is, is big into that. But, yeah, we're breathing in viruses all the time. They're on our skin. They're in our, our microbiome. We need them. Um, and to say whether certain things are bad or good is a very um, human you know, binary approach to what our microbiome is and how we interface with it. But yeah, absolutely. I think it's something like 10 to the 38th viruses, which is like, I don't even know how many trillions and gajillions of viruses are in every like breath we take or something like that. It's insane. Yeah. And you talk about this, the body being this
0: miraculous, you know, I don't even know what we would call it. It's, you know, it's definitely, it's not a machine. I know I don't want to refer to it as that because it's so much more magical and you know like ethereal than that and it's not like we have to tell our heart to beat and our you know and we don't have to tell ourselves to breathe well yes we actually do have to tell ourselves to breathe a lot right now, <laughs> now we do, yeah. which goes into a lot of the mental emotional aspect of this and how can people you know support themselves with this idea that the nervous system the mind and the emotion and the nervous system have such a, play such a big role in our body's immune response how do you support your patients in working on this and getting out of fear and into the warmth and the comfort and knowing that they're safe and and that they are okay.
1: A lot of that is the mind body work. I have so many different mind body practices that I share with my my patients and my clients, but it's practicing that innate self-care and, and and trust in your body. You know, doing things for yourself on a regular basis that instill your faith that you're caring for yourself and your body's got your back, right? So, self-care can look like anything It's different for everybody. Even just sleeping well and eating good food and getting outside into nature is self-care and reconnecting to nature is ultimately that biggest piece because when we are connected to nature, when we are getting out, we're getting sunlight, we're getting fresh air, we're getting our vitamin D, right? We're doing all these things that make it so that we're aligning more with nature. Well, that's bringing us more into balance. And the more imbalance or the more in balance that we are with the natural world the more we're attuned to our own inner world and our immune system, our nervous system, everything functions better. So the biggest thing that um, can be helpful, whether you're, you know, wanting to prevent illness and just optimize your immune response, or even when you're sick, this was helpful when I was really sick a couple of weeks ago, was even if you don't feel like it, get outside, get out into nature, get the sun on your face, breathe the fresh air, you know, walk with your bare feet on the ground if it's not too cold and, you know, just get that energy moving through your body. Um, That is going to be key, those nature practices. But then, something else that I always really like to do too is just using the tools of meditation and uh, visualization to instill strength in our belief, like kind of flex that trust muscle, right? Flex the belief muscle. And so if we're struggling around the emotions of fear, like I, I don't think that I could heal from this or like, I don't feel like my body's capable to have these sort of affirmations that we can, you know, combine with, uh, an elevated of emotion of, you know, feeling, feeling comfortable, whatever makes us feel grateful, whatever makes us feel loved and to try to bring in that thought of like, okay, yeah, I am safe. I am secure. My body is healing and really and rewire our nervous system to believe that because if we're able to then heal our nervous system, we can heal and optimize our immune system. Yeah.
0: Do you get patients that come with you and you're sharing this with them and they're just very resistant to like, I just don't have time to do these things that you're telling me. Like my job just takes up my whole life and I I want to feel
1: my best but I just don't have time. Oh yeah, that's what a lot of people say. And I've been there, I know that feeling, but it's about making the time and the time can be two seconds. You know, I tell people like, you have a skincare routine, right? You have a skincare routine? That's your meditation time, right? You're washing your face, you're brushing your teeth, whatever your bathroom routine is. That's a great time to just like look yourself in the eyes and do some of these things, these practices that get you in your body. You know, anytime you can be mindful and bring awareness to the motion is resetting your nervous system and realigning it back to center. When you're washing dishes, when you're putting away the dishes, when you're cleaning your house, any of these moments are time for those practices. That's great to hear because I think that that is such a
0: like a a stopgap for people, and it's very all or nothing. Either I'm gonna have this these 30 minutes or this one hour practice i know i've that's definitely been a mentality that i've had to shift for myself in realizing that it doesn't have to be all or nothing it can be all throughout the day in just being aware and taking three deep belly breaths you know while i'm washing the dishes or like you said looking in the mirror looking into your eyes doing a mirror gaze for a moment and having a positive affirmation that you tell yourself or just in gratitude i find myself a lot more just wow, the sun is shining right now and just feeling like in my body and in that moment of time. And so I love that, you know, that you're saying that it's, it's, you know, not about you have to carve out this exact amount of time, but even just doing a little bit here, a little bit there, or even just a little bit one time is worth it for people. And so just that awareness alone can help us like get back in. To the into the body is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Just that moment. Just of that moment. Being aware just that of awareness.
1: It's just awareness. Yeah. Because when we are aware. We're tapping into that inner well, that, that innate part of ourselves that knows exactly what to do, exactly how to heal. We're tapping into that spirit. We are becoming aligned. And when I say aligned, I mean like connected to yourself, connected to nature, connected to other people around us, like that flow state. Right. And we go in and out of it all that time. That's like the river of healing. The river of our reality is that we go in and we go out. We're never going to be healed because life is a healing journey right so we have oh it's always coming back home coming back to ourselves mm-hmm. and in little moments that's all it needs to be I'm the same I'm guilty of it like being like, well if I don't do 30 minutes of meditation every morning then I'm not doing it and then I do it one day and not the next and I'm off the the tracks right yeah but then it's like you know how can I space that out and do 30 seconds here 30 seconds there and then over the course of a day, that mindfulness, that awareness, that self-care adds up to be 30 minutes and it feels so much more sustainable.
0: Yeah. I want to get into other things for immune system in a moment, not just the like mental emotional part, but then what, what are the key things that people are missing that they can support themselves, that they can support themselves with. But before that, this just popped into my mind because you talked about the healing starts when somebody's just sharing with you and you know, you're know you just sitting there really listening and they're able to just talk out loud and process what their symptoms are. And I feel like the dots start to connect there and the healing starts there. And it's interesting you bring this up because I recently had an appointment with my um, my naturopath And, uh, and everyone's like, well, why aren't you using Shannon as your naturopath? Well, because we're friends. And I (laughs) I said, I don't want to abuse our beautiful friendship. So she guided me to someone in Boulder that I'm seeing. Um, but the interesting thing was I was sharing about this insomnia that I've been having and this weird symptom of feeling like adrenaline through my body. And I thought maybe it was hormonal. We did a hormone panel, nothing, nothing came up on the panel, right? All good when you don't see anything, but then it's like, but there's still something happening. You know, I can't deny that I'm having these, this insomnia, but as soon as I talked about it, and it's so funny, I had this like inner voice go, you're going to sleep fine tonight. After I got the hormone panel, after I got everything and all the, everything came back fine. It well, was the inner voice, right? Yeah. 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 And then my sleep has been improving and I haven't, and those symptoms, you know, have pretty much gone away. And it's, and I have this whole, you know, all these supplements that um I can, I can take, but it's just, uh, so tell me about that. What is that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is that just the mind, mo- again, the mind
1: getting the uh-huh. reassurance and then the sim- it's like, we're okay? Yeah. Something got unstuck, right? There's so many times when little things get unstuck in the, and or get stuck in the body. And it's like, we kind of have to like, become aware of them for them to move through, right? Emotion is energy in motion. They need to move through our body when they get stuck, whether because we have a belief about something and we are, we're suppressing something, or we're not quite opening our eyes to something, or we don't want to see it. And we're kind of putting it deep into our subconscious. When they come to light, all of a sudden they're able to be expressed and moved through. And that healing is able to happen. But you listen to your body, like your body was like, you know, when you're, you're given the space to talk, you're given the space to even like write, like journaling can be really helpful for this too. But all of a sudden you're speaking and then the dots start to connect and your brain's like, here you go. Like, this is your answer. This is like your guide back home. And um, sometimes you do get that intuitive download where you actually like hear your voice, right? You hear your brain tell you something, but that's the, that's the space. And sometimes healing only needs space and, and awareness and it can happen.
0: Yeah. The lifestyle changes I find are, are hard for people, you know, even myself in the bedtime routine, right? I'm having insomnia. I know the best thing for myself is decrease the screen time, have a, have a real like calming ritual at night. Right. And yet the default is to do the same old pattern. Even when we know, when we're not listening to that, that higher self, that intuitive part of us that goes This is the medicine. The medicine is that you do need to slow down and calm down before you, you know, put your head on the pillow. And uh, I just want to let people know, like, you're not alone. Like Mm -hmm. Shannon and I talk about this, how, you know, we can, you can, we can know what to do and we still don't honor it. And that's okay. I this, I don't think we, we don't need to shame ourselves around that. Cause I, I do my fair amount of beating myself up and I'm like, that's not helpful at all. What if instead of shaming ourselves and beating ourselves up, I'm just kind of dialoguing this as we go here, we just allow it to be what it is and accept it. I think that actually will probably support it more so.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's huge to accept where you're at. Cause yeah, we know these things we know, but the habits are so hard to break. Patterns are so physical patterns like our habits and daily activities and mental emotional patterns are so wired into our nervous system and our way of being that, you know, we need to have grace in order to undo them and work on ones that we know will be more health promoting and accepting where we're at and knowing that even if we do one change and we do it once, that is something and we can repeat that. um, But having the, if we're beating ourselves up, the the likelihood of us trying to really make something else a habit is going to be much smaller than if we just sipped with grace that that's where we're at. Yeah.
0: So so earlier when I introduced you, uh, we talked about how homeopathy, nutrition, different supplementation, all this. So this mind body connection is what you really su- are supporting people with. So with the immune system, aside from the mindset shift itself, what are some things that you see that people
1: are kind of missing out on right now that could really help them? So things to support the physical aspect. So we have two different types of stressors, right? We talked about the mental emotional stressors, which are huge, but then there's also physical stressors. And a lot of those come from our nutrition, our lifestyle, environmental toxins. And so You know, optimizing that is key before we do supplements. I'll talk about some supplements and things that can be really helpful too, especially for, you know, what's going around. Uh, But with that being said, some of the basic things that, again, like a lot of us know, but we don't really realize like how much of an impact they can have on our immune system. Quality sleep is so important. Getting outside into nature, um, eating, you know, a really healthy diet. If we eat anything with, um, I forget how many grams of sugar, I think it's like over a teaspoon of sugar, depresses your immune system by half for eight hours. And so if you're eating sugar throughout the day, you basically are immunocompromised. And um, that is... Now, are we talking like all sugar is created equal? Or are we talking about
0: like white refined sugar? Or are we talking about a banana, a mango,
1: that kind of sugar as well? So mostly white refined sugar, although, you know, things with whole sugar in excess can, you know, definitely be detrimental to the immune system, but whole foods... Um, not like the store, but um, Whole Foods is in like foods that come straight from nature. So fruits and then vegetables and meats and everything are going to be, you know, fine for your, your blood sugar. It's that processed food with added sugar or, you know, my creamer that has a lot of sugar in it. Sometimes I need to find a new one. And, <laughs> and um, you know, those kinds of things that we tend to that add up over time, you know, that really depresses our immune um, function because it messes with our blood sugar and our blood sugar and our immune function are very interrelated so that is something to really be conscious of if um, you're w- really wanting to optimize your immune function you know especially like a month ago when we were on the holidays and everything I was trying to be really conscious about my alcohol consumption uh, my sugar consumption and uh, even my caffeine consumption just making sure I got good sleep because that's the period of time when we all tend to do none of those things <laughs> and that's when we get sick um, so those are really really key uh, the other thing that's going to be really helpful is just reducing your exposure to toxicity in your environment. And, you know, that's taking a whole big look and that's like a whole nother topic of how are you being exposed to xenoestrogens, plastics, you know, in your skincare, uh, you know, even your cooking and cleaning products, all of these things really take a number on what we would call your organs of elimination. Which can then impact the health of your immune system just by adding a stressor to your body. And I'll say one more thing here about the immune system before I get into some supplements. But um, I know you probably know a lot about this too. Is is movement like you know we need to move to have like a healthy immune system. Uh, there's this well known study out there that has said that 88 percent of American adults are metabolically unhealthy. And by metabolically unhealthy, I mean like their sugars are high, cholesterol is high, blood pressure is high, all of these markers of metabolism aren't optimal. 88%. That means only 12% have blood markers that are in optimal range.
0: That's so scary. And then also children too. I mean, I think it's like one in four or one in five children right now are in the obese category. And I mean, again, we go back to talking about, you know, systems and, you know, We're talking about the medical system, but the big food, you know, systems and how much money and such a big business and they don't want to lose money by, you know, taking products off the market that they've been, you know, selling for years, even though they are highly toxic, have, you know, so much sugar in them and they're really cheap. So people keep buying them. And so so, you know, talk about being in a pandemic, but that's a huge epidemic that's been going on and continues to go on, which actually plays a part in the pandemic because people are so unhealthy right now that their immune systems can't handle something like this virus that's happening. And we know now, you know, there's a ton of research showing that people who are obese, are immunocompromised, that are having a harder time being able to fight off even something like a flu or a coronavirus. So Man, I could have, I could go on and on about it all
1: day. Cause I get so like, I, I do too. I know my whole body <laughs> tenses. And I'm like, why is this happening? I know it's so imp- I think that's one thing people don't realize is like, there's so many people out there with like moderately high blood pressure or moderately high blood sugar. And they're like, well, it's managed with pharmaceuticals, whatnot, or I'm trying to get it under control. What they don't realize is that makes them immunocompromised. Like if you have those imbalances, your, your immune system's already compromised. And that's like the reality that we need to focus on is like, if we can get people's metabolic health, which all plays into hormone health and all of these kinds of things, then immune function is going to be um, so much better. So, and just assuming that
0: we can have access to better quality food, you know, and not getting into diets because this is where I think people really get, they confuse themselves. And this is why I really stopped practicing as a nutritionist because I just got very kind of fed up (laughs) with like not giving diets anymore and having people be like, what do you mean you're not going to give me a diet? And like, cause it's just, it's, that's not what this is about. This is about really taking care of your health and not just your physical health, but your mental, emotional health and your, you know, your immune system, everything through food and it, there's no one size diet. And most people are focused on wanting to like lose weight and for vanity, looking better. But when we're talking about foods that are gonna support us, not going into like keto or this or that, what do we really wanna be focusing on when it comes to what do we need to put into our diet and make sure we have in our diets right now?
1: Mm-hmm. It's super simple. It's so simple. We I think we overcomplicate diets so much with Whole30 and Atkins and Paleo and this and that. All it is, is eating foods straight from nature that feel aligned with you when you eat them, like you feel good when you eat them. And I don't mean good as in like I got a sugar rush and that felt great, but like I feel nourished. I feel symptom free. I feel, you know, I feel like I I got my nutrients that I needed. So um, what I mean by whole food straight from nature is anything that came straight from the earth, fruits, vegetables, uh, food you hunt, like grass fed meats, wild caught fish, nuts and seeds, all of these things, um, especially um, ideally if they're organic or grass fed meats, things like that. Are going to be so important. And when we talk about like foods that can quote unquote like boost your immune function yeah there are foods that tend to help more so and those tend to be very colorful foods so foods that are high in like polyphenols so colorful fruits colorful vegetables your leafy greens can be really helpful Um, you know root vegetables especially right now in the winter um following the seasons and eating things that are really nourishing and grounding so those root vegetables things like sweet potatoes and beets and turnips and squash and pumpkins and all these things are super high in nutrition super nutrient dense that are going to be very grounding for your system and also really nutritive for your immune system Um, soups and stews can be very helpful as well so it's just making sure that what you're eating you know ideally hopefully doesn't come from a package although you know i still eat food from packages we all we all we all do that's the era that we live in but doing your best to have these like fresh um, home-cooked meals that you know you made with love and that really are infusing your body with warmth and nutrition yeah, I've been more and more focusing too on the
0: connection with my food and going into my body and looking at it and just having a moment of and gratitude. Yeah, and being like, wow, this is so colorful, this is so nourishing. Thank you. I love you. You know, that communication with our body I think is so powerful. And I think I told you this even when I, when I was sick, I was just saying to myself like affirmations like your body is so strong thank you. I love you. We're you know, we're doing great. You yes. know? good uh-huh. job. As if I'm talking to
1: like an entity,
0: you know, well, it's like you're, you're
1: all your little cells. You're like the coach, right? Yeah. You're the coach and your body is like made up of all these trillions of cells that are just listening to every single word you say, and they will do what you say. And we have so much power over our belief. And, you know, uh, Bruce Lipton, Dr. Bruce Lipton wrote this book called The Biology of Belief. And that totally tra- changed my life when it comes to like how our thoughts influence our ourselves. But yeah, I have a whole podcast episode on that. Love on it. Dr. Bruce Lipton after I went to a conference with him
0: and Mackie and I came back and we were just so jazzed. And we were like, we need to dedicate a full episode to talking about the research and the work of Dr. Bruce Lipton and what he's t- gonna talking about. I'm going to listen to about. that episode next. <laughs> it's- It's just, yeah. Well, he'll probably come back around to Boulder and we'll have to go to one of his like seminars. Um, he's just such an awesome Gabby Yeah, the biology of belief is an incredible book for anyone out there who's interested. So supplements. So I like confession, very low compliance with, with things like for so many years, like even when I would go to the acupuncturist or you know, a physician, they would give me, you know, things to take and horrible low compliance, like wouldn't take stuff. And I don't <laughs> know why. Again, I think I honestly think it is I I think it's due to the trauma that I had watching everyone in my family take so many pills that I went the opposite way and I was like, I'm afraid of pills. I'm afraid of all of them, all side effects, all the things, right? Um, so, but now I've been more open to taking certain supplements and I feel like I've healed myself a lot with that, but just confession for anyone out there who has low compliance with these <laughs> things. Cause I, I'd be like, yes, I'm going to buy probiotics and fish oil and this, and then they would just like sit there and I wouldn't take any of them. Um, so <laughs> what, what are, what are the key like supplements that, you know, we, we need to be
1: thinking about? So I'm like the exact same. Like I have like so many supplements and um, I'm actually not someone that takes a lot, but I'll have something that I'm like, I'm going to take this this month, put it right on my countertop and not touch it. And it's right there. So I'm right there with you. But um in terms of supplements like that we need to take, everyone's different. Everyone has different needs depending on like how their body is absorbing and assimilating nutrients, you know, what type of foods they're eating, what kind of metabolism, they all these different reasons. But with that being said, there's really only one supplement that I take every single day. And you know, people are like, oh, is it vitamin D? No, actually it's not vitamin D. But um I take is something called trace minerals every single day. And to me, that's actually really important. It really changed my life um, because our food and our water are very mineral repl- uh, deplete- depleted. Like they don't they don't have the same mineral uh, quantities that they used to be due to farming practices. Um, and then due to how we need to filter and sanitize our water before it ends up in our tap. So it's so important to remineralize your water. And I use... There's different options out there. I use BioNativus. Um, Concentrates is also another really good brand. But you, you don't want to take capsules. You want to add it directly to your water because the minerals are, um, they help your body hydrate better. They get into your cells. They're necessary for every single enzymatic pathway. They're necessary for gut health, skin health, immune health, like every function in your body. And um, that it's just a replete of, you know, sodium, potassium, magnesium, manganese, boron, just like every all the minerals of, on the periodic table of elements. But um, with that being said, that is the only thing that I take every single day. But when I'm needing more support or if my patients need more support with things, of course, I'm going to give them things that are going to help them with their specific organ systems that need support. Now, when it comes to the immune system, there's some very key things right now that I've been seeing be really helpful um, because there is some like unique symptoms going on. So with that being said, you know, things that I've seen be really helpful are something called N-acetylcysteine or N- NAC is something that's very helpful for um, optimizing the lung function and really helping the lungs, you know, quote unquote, stay strong during this time, especially if you're feeling like something in your head, it can be helpful to keep things from heading into your lungs. Or if you do get it in your lungs to get it out of your lungs. Um, another supplement that I've also seen be really helpful is something called zinc, um, and I'm something called zinc. You know what zinc is. I'm sure you've heard of zinc. <laughs> I feel like
0: zinc has never had as much of a like. It's made a heyday. It's, yeah, right? it's the
1: star of the show right yeah. now. <laughs> and it's because it's so important for the function of your white blood cells, and it's helpful for like the interface of um your lung function as well. It's even really good for skin health. Sometimes um you know people will notice their skin all of a sudden like it's healthier when they're taking zinc for you know this cold they've had or whatever, and I'm like oh that makes sense. But the thing is is we want to zinc to get into your cells um. And it's kind of, it can be hard for zinc in tablet form to get into your cells. So there are different um, forms of zinc out there, like zinc lozenges, um, like liquid zinc. Those tend to be more bioavailable and better absorbed. And then the other thing that pairs well with zinc uh, is something called quercetin. So quercetin is just this like... um, polyphenol antioxidant compound. It's found in like apple skins. Uh, but what that helps is it helps with z- getting zinc into cells. We call it like a zinc ionophore. It helps with the transfer getting it in past the cell membrane. And so there's lots of different quercetin out there. Um, I really like something called EMIQ. It's like this activated quercetin. It's a little bit more bioavailable. But when you combine that with zinc, that can be very helpful for those acute moments where you're like, I just need more immune support or I'm feeling like I'm coming down with something. Mm -hmm.
0: And these would be meant to be taken not all the time. And that's the thing with supplementation that I've learned is that it's it's just supplementing for now, but it's not something to be ta- that you need to take for the rest of your life.
1: Oh no, yeah, that's always what I tell people. I'm like, I, when I when I give them something, I'm like, this is how long you're gonna take it. This is what you'll expect to experience with it, and because the goal, and I think this is where a lot of naturopathic doctors. Um, you know, we might get a little bad rap. Bad rap is that the goal is not to like have you leave with a bag full of supplements that you take for the rest of your life. Like supplements aren't like a, you know, medication where often medications are taken for longer periods of time. They're meant to, um, I I say it this way, they're meant to kind of teach your body a lesson, like guide your body back into balance. Your body knows how to heal, but sometimes it needs a message from nature, whether that's a specific nutrient or specific herb or homeopathic, it needs a message to say, oh yeah, that's, that's nature. That's how I get back home. That's how I heal, and so that's where these supplements can come in handy—is to support your body through an acute period of time where it's trying to adapt and respond, and um, just be used. Yeah, for that short period of time. But yeah, the supplements that I that I discussed are very much just for acute support. What if somebody is taking like
0: a ton of supplements every day? Like mm-hmm. they are just you know because I, know I think people. it's very easy to listen to a podcast and just FYI, like this is, we're not giving medical advice today. We're just giving information. information. Yes. So please speak to your own naturopath when you are, if you're thinking about some of these supplements, but I've had friends who pull out their, you know, their pill box and they're taking every single vitamin and supplement under the sun. And I'm like, is that necessary?
1: (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I know I've had people, I've had patients come in and be like, here are my supplements. Okay, we're going to narrow this down for you. One, because it's, you know, hard to remember to do all those things. That's a little bit stressful, right? To remember to do all those. But I think some people, you know, they, they research and they're like, this should be helpful for this. This is helpful for this. This is helpful for this. But it's like, well, how can we combine this and say, what is help? What is actually helpful your body because i I can guarantee you your body does not need 20 supplements um and, and with that being said it's like how what can we use the minimal amount necessary for the shortest you know period of time but yeah when you're taking something orally your body has to break like your stomach has to start digesting it your body has to break it down and assimilate it and then it has to go through your liver and be processed and metabolized and eliminated and so anything that we're taking in is a mild stressor on our body. You know, that's how a lot of actually herbs act and have a function is they act as like a mild stressor for that organ to prime it and enhance its function. And so when you're taking a lot of things, um, You know, that can be very stressful physically for your body to have to process all of those. So it's always a good idea to look at what you're taking and be like, what is absolutely necessary? What have I found to be helpful and fine tune it from there? Because sometimes it's hard to even know what's working when you're taking so many things. Yeah, I could imagine. So let's finish this podcast. We've got
0: some time left. We're going to go a little over an hour if that's okay with you, because I want to get into skin and I feel a little biased because I've always been like, I have amazing skin, you, you know, you have absolutely gorgeous skin, <laughs> which doesn't mean that we can't <laughs> talk about skin because in fact, my, my spoke to my brother earlier on the phone and he was like, ask her about my back knee. And I'm allowed to say this guys, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we talked about it. Um, so I've been fortunate in my family that I really never had to deal with any skin issues, but I have a twin brother who has dealt with all of them. You know, like the whole shebang of acne, bacne, everything. So on behalf of my other half, I cons- I really do want to like find out more information about what is our skin trying to tell us, because this is something y- you really specialize in. And I will put uh, Shannon's Instagram uh, in and all her information in the show notes, but follow along with her because this is really her area of expertise is supporting people with natural skin health. And just seeing all of the before and afters that you share and all people's stories and your own skin that you posted the other day. I was like, oh, my gosh, you have a you've completely transformed.
1: My skin is so different. I've never (laughs) been blessed with like the healthiest of skin, but I never had acne until I stopped the birth control pill and broke out and had years of healing and diving into like, what is this actually trying to tell me? Right? Like there are many, many reasons why we have acne. It's something I'd call like a multifactorial condition, which is like most conditions, but there's not just like one root cause. There's so many different imbalances that contribute and it's trying to find which one are your primary imbalances. And often there's a com- a huge combination So with that being said, we did talk a little bit about the psychoneuroendocrine immune system. So acne is an inflammatory condition, immune system. There's some sort of low level inflammation going on. There's hormones that are at play, often estrogen and progesterone, testosterone, um, even cortisol, which is an adrenal stress hormone, is at play with acne and insulin or blood sugar regulation. So acne is often related to blood sugar fluctuations. And now all these imbalances that I'm talking about are really common post pill, which is why a lot of People will get acne after going off the pill, but they're prevalent throughout, you know, especially the the Western um, part of, the world. Uh, but with that being said, you know, the nervous system and of course, mind and emotions, and we already kind of delved into that. So we'll stick with the physical, but any sort of stress is a big part of skin health. Now the skin is your body's largest organ and it's also the most external. So it's kind of like your body cares about that least. <laughs> so with that being said, it's going to take care of like the health of your heart and your brain and your nervous system and, you know, everything before it really like, um, Takes care of your skin, so when we're healing, everything in the inside pretty much heals before the skin heals. Now, this is also another interesting um, topic because you know it the the skin is a reflection of everything that's going on internally. Anytime there's anything up with the skin, it's not just the skin, right? There's other factors at play, and I named a few of those already. But you know, one of them is uh, the gut. Of course, the gut plays a big role. The gut is like your inner skin. You can think of your body like a donut with a hole in the middle and the skin's the outside and your gut's the inside. It's just a tube. Um, But they are very similar. If you have gut symptoms, you often have skin symptoms and vice versa. And so there's a lot that goes into that. Um, But one other system that I would like to mention, and I see this commonly with back acne or any sort of body acne, are the stressors on the organs of elimination now your organs of elimination are your how your body uh, metabolizes and eliminates and i say toxins but really it's just waste products like all of your cells are producing waste all the time but we're just adding to their burden because we have so many more wastes floating around in the air and in the food's weed and pesticides and all these things but your body has to metabolize and get them out somehow and that's primarily first through your lymph uh, which runs alongside your circulation to your liver, which is a key organ in skin health, and then out through your kidneys, out through your, um, uh, your colon via poop. And then of course you breathe some out and then skin is your final organ of elimination via sweating. And so if anywhere along that chain, if any of them are bogged down, overburdened, not functioning well enough, your skin will be the first to take on symptoms. And so working on all of those organs is key for skin health. Do you look at uh,
0: people's like, constitutions when you're taking things into account. Is that something that you ever look at? Like, oh, you can, this person, you know, now we're getting into like, you know, in in Ayurvedic medicine, they talk about different doshas. Like, so this person might be more prone to this health issue. Or do Uh you see that with in relation, I mean, to anything, but with skincare, like this person they're more prone to acne, this is their constitution versus that
1: person's never going to really deal with that. Uh I'm curious uh about that. Well, we all have kind of like what we'd call like our organ seats or like affinity, like our our body has patterns wired into it of like, this is kind of where I express most of my symptoms. We're all kind of born with that. And I'm not exactly sure how, but I do think it plays a role in terms of our energetic patterns or constitutions. And I've delved into all the different kind of traditional medicine um how you, how would you say this? Like, uh, how they divide up energetics, like how they, um, label things. I'm not sure if I worded Typology that right. Typology. Yeah, exactly. Or, mm-hmm. And so I've looked into like the Ayurvedic approach and there's a whole approach in Western herbalism with like temperature, tone and moisture. So like looking at something, if it's hot or cold or dry or damp or tense or relaxed. And that also bridges into, um, gosh, I could go all day about this, but this also bridges into like astrology. And so looking at patterns and that and organ systems that are affected. And so, yeah, there, there definitely are patterns that I've seen and that really clues us into, oh, you have have this skin type and you tend to run cold and you also tend to, you know, have these feelings of like low blood sugar, dizziness, like all of this pattern, this constellation of symptoms points to, you know, we really need to work on improving this, you know, liver function and optimize this. And so, yeah, it all kind of plays into this whole theme. Um, But I I love going down that path and, 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 and talking about people's energetics. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a good one
0: for people to just tune into where do you
1: always develop like symptoms in a sense, Mm -hmm. right?
0: So if you are developing the symptom of acne, for example, like, and that's too prone to that, then there's something deeper there to like, what's the root of that, right? Is something not, am I not eliminating toxins properly or what's happening or, you know, I've been more prone most of my life to constipation. And so that's always like something for me, usually mental, emotional, my sleep wasn't great or, you know, certain foods I can, I've related it to, but that's been like, since I was a child, that's like the thing where my body says something is is off. You well, know, the large
1: intestine, like you know, we have the mind and body are inseparable, right? So when we have a physical ailment, there's often a mental, emotional stressor that set off the nervous system and then created this physical impairment, and then it goes both ways. But with the large intestine, with constipation, there's often this like holding on to something. There's often this grief that can't be expressed, and the body just is like, nope, I'm going to shut down, and I'm kind of going to, you know, turn off my nervous system for a bit. And when we lose that. You know, nervous system input. We have a lack of motility. We're not moving things through. Um, You know, there's there's all these pieces that that play a role. And so I find it interesting that that is kind of your symptom that you always come back to because that's your neural pathway that's been hardwired. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh
0: absolutely. And through the more work that I've done to to process grief and release, yeah, the more my bowels have moved over the years to being very much more like healthy and regulated. And so it's like, if now when that happens, I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Because it's the body, again, the body will go back to sort of like what it knows. And so it's just interesting to think that we all carry our, you know, the ways that we express things through our mental, emotional, into the body. And so, yeah, that's, it's, it's really interesting to me. And so, there's just so much with skin health and what it's trying to tell you. And it, I see quizzes all the time, like online, like, what does this pimple mean? It's on my chin versus my uh, forehead. Wow. Is that is there <laughs> any truth to that? Like looking at where you're
1: getting... I've seen patterns and I've actually created a face mapping guide that I give to the people that enroll in my naturally radiant skin program as part of like their resources, but there are definitely patterns. And so, you know, when I'm imbalanced, I might get like a pimple, right? I'm pointing just kind of like below my mouth on the side of my chin. This is the area of the large intestine. Often I find if it's like, I've been really stressed and I've eaten dairy, which then constipates me, you know, I'll get one in the area of the large intestine that says, Shannon, like work on your bowel habits, like clear. Out your colon, you know, you know, stop being stressed and eating dairy. You can do both separately, but at the same time, that's not helping you. <laughs> and so, yeah, there are these patterns. A lot of people will get it um, acne, you know, underneath their jawline or on their neck. And I often see that related to lymphatics. And so, it tells me, you know, what organ systems we need to work on, what kind of herbs or therapies might be the most helpful. Um, on the forehead, just above the eyebrows, that a lot of people get big ones, cysts on the temples or between their eyebrows. And that tells me liver, gallbladder needs support, um, especially the liver. Uh, if it's on the temples, maybe a little bit more gallbladder. Um, and then another key one that I see all the time are cheeks, like right here. Um, I'm pointing to kind of just like the meaty part of your cheek, but closer in towards your nose. That to me, um, I've seen relate a lot more to stomach and just our ability. So when you think about like, you get really worried You know, you nothing like you kind of lose your appetite maybe or you're, um, you know, not you eat food and just doesn't sit well on your stomach because you don't have enough stomach acid to digest it. You've reduced your parasympathetic nerve input to your stomach, reduced your stomach acid, and now you can't really like digest food that well. So if you have acne right on that, like upper cheek area, I'm trying to promote vagal tone to get your stomach to digest better and produce more stomach acid and really, you know, working on the emotion of worry and sometimes, you know, s- supplementing with a little bit of stomach acid and digestive enzymes can help, but ultimately it's working on that root cause. So there, there's patterns all over the face, um, but those are just a few of the main ones.
0: So much of what you've talked about today, which is so much of what we talk about on this podcast is the mind and how it's impacting the nervous system and the body. And it's just amazing to me how this seems like why is this not being something that is shared more like publicly? Why is this not in mainstream around how we really need to take into account our mental, emotional health aside from the pharmaceutical industry creating more and more medicines for covering up symptoms of the root of the stress and the mental, emotional trauma that people are not necessarily processing. It's just like, let's just cover it up or therapy, traditional therapy, talking about it's really helpful, but the actual practices that we need to be putting into place, um, I really hope to see a day where that it's like, everybody is, this is how we're dealing with our health, that we're going inward, that we're dealing with the mental, emotional aspect and looking at how it's impacting the physical and the actual matter of our body.
1: Yeah. I think that takes a whole paradigm shift. And I think we're getting there. I think we're evolving to the point where we realize the interconnectedness, but to be able to approach our health that way and to really see it and to embody it and to change We need to realize that the mind and body are absolutely inseparable, but to realize that we need to realize that we, you and I, and me and the rest of the world and nature and everything in between is inseparable. And until we realize that my actions impact everything around me and vice versa and our interconnectedness and part of the whole and the fact that like we are part of the whole that is nature, which makes it that we are nature, that we are already whole, we are already worthy, we're already enough, we're already exactly as we need to be. And until that mindset mindset shifts and we're really able to embrace that, I think it'll be hard for us to really see the impact that the mind, our emotions, these patterns have on our physical body. Um, we like to see think that we're separate from nature. We like to control nature, exploit her for resources, do all these things that really only hurt ourselves in the end. And that will take complete Healing. And once we do that, we heal more than just ourselves. We heal this entire planet. Yeah, that was
0: just so beautifully said. And, you know, when I'm taking a walk and I've had to deal with, you know, such body shame, my, I mean, most of my life that still comes through because, again, these patterns that we carry from when we're very young, they don't just turn off for good, even though, even when you do a lot of healing work. You're just aware of them and you can, you can see them for what they are and you can hold yourself and love yourself, you know, even throughout having that thought that doesn't serve you anymore. But when I'm taking a walk in nature and I remind myself that, you know, that tree looks completely different than that tree and they're both equally as worthy and beautiful to be taking up space on this planet and it's that, that reminder for myself, as I'm seeing nature that has really supported me in continuing to heal the very insidious, you know, thoughts of shame that come through because that's still the paradigm that we're living in. So although we can work on ourselves and we can come to a place of deep understanding and truly like loving ourselves and, under, and knowing we're worthy, we still are receiving because of the paradigm where, and we're still receiving those messages on a regular basis, unless you decide that you're going to go live, you know, and in nature and cut yourself off from the outside world. So um, I just bring that up as, cause just such a beautiful point you made. And we all have to just have a lot of grace with ourselves with that. You know, we're
1: never going to, you know, society will eventually change. Maybe not in our lifetime, but we're never going to escape those, patterns you know it's about how we respond to them and that like you said like it's I, we never fully can let, we think that like, oh, one day I'm going to wake up and I'm not going to have this pattern anymore. One day I'm going to wake up and not feel this emotion anymore. I'm not going to relive this trauma. Like those are constantly a part of us. It's just how we move through and respond to them. And the healing journey, like is not linear, it's spiralic, but it's spiralic on purpose because we're moving through time. And every time we come back as a cycle, we come back to that same thing, that same trauma, that same emotion, that same belief pattern, whatever it is, but we come at it from a different place, a more evolved place. And then we just cycle back and we come back at it, come back at it, but we're more evolved the next time around. And that's the goal is to keep coming back to that pattern and just come at it from a more evolved perspective. It never goes away. yeah, and that is and that is not a bad thing. That's what it's supposed to do. yeah, I
0: absolutely love that. We're gonna end on that note. So if you keep coming back to your patterns, just know that it's spiralic. It's not linear, and that it's supposed to be that way, and you just get All get part to of the journey. see things from a different perspective over. And over again, those that's the learning, you know, perhaps that is why we are here. You know, the big question, like, why are we here? What's the meaning of life? <laughs> what is after? the meaning? I mean, that's <laughs> what we, we've definitely talked about on the WooCast many, many times. And I look forward to more of those conversations, but the more that I'm tuning into it is just realizing it's, it's the experience, you know, it's about having the experience, even those experiences of keep, of coming back to the lessons, and just seeing things differently, feeling things a little bit differently and the growth. And um, so, yeah, we'll leave on that note. Thank you for coming on. And definitely, I'd love to have you back on for more conversations. You're just a wealth of knowledge and just such a beautiful soul. So thank you.
1: Thanks, Juliet. I really appreciate it. This was so much fun and back at you. I just really love you. Thanks. Love you too, girl.
0: (coughs) Mm -hmm.